0: To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, 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 beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are doing fantastic. It is such a privilege and honor to be with you as always. Sending you a massive energetic hug through the airwaves. Receive that wherever you are. I hope you are sitting down for this one because we have an incredible episode of the podcast for you today. We have none other than Santos Banachi on and we are discussing the model to know all things. If you are familiar with his YouTube channel, it is pretty mind-blowing. He has been Diving down and researching ancient works, compiling and translating texts to produce an easier-to-understand compendium of astro-theology. So, in this one, we are going to discuss etymology and history – Uh, The Synagogue of Satan book. I've never heard of that. Um, The Model to Know All Things. The True Model of the Universe is a Taurus Field. The work of Walter Russell. The work of Ken Wheeler. The Seven Centers of the Energy Body. Um, Time is Related to Tomb. um, The Purpose of Life. Pinocchio. Uh, analogy, self-advancement beyond the material world and so much more I invite you to check this one out on YouTube because he does uh, do a presentation with a graph on this one so it's really mind-blowing so I know you're going to enjoy it if you like this episode please share it leave a review on iTunes um, post on Facebook, on Instagram all of that stuff is incredibly helpful Um, you can also if you want to toss a buck in the bucket go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair that really helps even if you throw a dollar in something you don't even think about. It helps tremendously. So thank you so much to all my patrons. Um, And the best thing that you can do, as always, is do one kind act wherever you are in the world today. Pick up a piece of trash, say hello to somebody, give a compliment, pay it forward, let someone in in traffic. Just do one actual action of kindness today. That is the best way you can support the show. Um, Also, if you guys have a blog or anything like that and you want to throw my podcast up there, some writers and things have kind of reached out. So that's any way to get the word out. Super helpful. I'll take anything. So I appreciate that. Also, in other exciting news, this podcast, this episode is brought to you by our new and amazing sponsor, Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. These guys, Adrian and Rhett, were on the podcast. Check out episode 272, and we were exploring the power of hemp and CBD. It's an amazing podcast. The origin story for their company is just fantastic. They have so much integrity, and we were staying in touch. and They said, hey, we would love to support you, and I said, I love what you guys are doing so that sounds good to me uh they they make such a premium hemp uh they full spectrum hemp product they're fully transparent they are full spectrum hemp and it's the process that they found to uh find the farm is amazing and so you can you can even visit their farm you can check all that process out so you know you're getting the real deal it's only made in small batches to deliver the best quality. So if you are curious about the benefits of CBD and full-spectrum hemp, check out our episode 272. Um, Also, look at their website, which is helloned.com. And if you're over there and you're curious, just use the code CBDPOWER and you will get 15% off your first order. So if you've been curious about that, you want to learn more, check them out. They're our sponsor for today's show. I really appreciate them and I think that they're doing business the right way. Really incredible stuff. So thank you guys. Um, For those of you who are interested in coaching and you are looking to uncover your life purpose you want to live with more meaning more purpose um really connect to your your heart or what you would think your life purpose would be and you want to break through any limiting beliefs uh old structures and design your preferred reality financially emotionally spiritual uh in any in all aspects of your life and you're looking to demystify Performance, the law of attraction, all things mystical, and learn the tools, systems, and strategies that work for elite performers. No matter where you are in the spectrum, if you're just starting or you're a high ranking CEO looking to get the edge, hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com, or fill out the coaching form. I'm also doing more workshops and more training. So hit me up if you've got an organization or a group and you want to go through some mindset, peak performance, anything along those lines. I am happy to to help you out. So just make an inquiry or go to mattbellaire.com forward slash coaching. So I think that wraps it up. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. It is an intense one. So buckle up. And before we get into it, let's come into a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, inspiration, energy, enthusiasm, confidence, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Santos Bonacci. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. For over 30 years, today's guest has been studying the ancient works researching, compiling, and translating the texts to produce an easier to understand compendium of Astro theology. He deals with the subject of syncretism, bringing together all the fields of knowledge and wisdom and showing the interrelatedness of all things. Syncretism is the opposite of division and covers all the big topics like theology, astrotheology, natural science, astrology, reclaiming dominion, breaking the fictions of religion, science and law and the holy science syncretism shows how all the ancient legendary stories myths bibles fairy tales etc all have one simple common origin welcome to the show santos bonacci
1: hey how are you matt thank you for having me it's uh, a pleasure to be with you, brother and um i hope we put on a, a good um good job.
0: Yeah, man. Well, the pleasure is all mine. I am very familiar with your work. I invite people to go check out your YouTube channel right away, even if they're listening to this live stream, because the amount of content you've produced, the amount of videos, the amount of knowledge, it's uh, truly a a rabbit hole to the highest and most epic degree. So it's a pleasure to have you on. And for those people who are going to be New and familiar with your work, we're gonna, we're gonna dive into some very deep topics today that could range from any, everything from you know, consciousness, flat earth, the meaning of life, um, deep systems like just mind blowing stuff. So, do you want to share a little bit about your background, your studies, and how you got to where you are today?
1: Right? Well, uh, I'm just a uh, a humble country boy. <laughs> Grew up in the country. I think that's significant to share with people. Country living, barefoot, natural foods. Uh, Italian descendancy, Calabrian, both parents. So that was something to add to that mix. And grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. I think those three things are pretty uh, fundamental in, in my Nature and growing up. So, education-wise, I was out. Of, I was out of school before I turned fifteen. I realised it was mind control. I was so out of there. I had a great opportunity to get out. I got caught smoking uh, for the third time, and so the vice principal pulled me up to his office and said, um, <clears throat> "Well, Sammy, you uh, you really uh, <laughs> you know are in trouble this time. We <laughs> offer you." <laughs> we uh, kick you out of school or you choose to leave. <laughs> and I thought, I'm out of it. I said, see you later chimpy. That was his name. So, and then I, I immediately set about learning as an autodidact uh, languages. I had books come in the mail, lots of books, history, science, languages continuously. So, totally autodidact, no education, indoctrination. I think all these things are very important to share. Uh, so, in my teenage years, thirteen to nineteen, I did. I left the Jehovah's Witnesses and did all the cool things: smoke weed, chase girls, racing cars, etc. Then, at nineteen, I wanted to serve God <laughs> and be a good boy. And I joined the Jehovah's Witnesses, as you do, <laughs> when you're um, you know, still partially awake, put it that way. So, but I didn't uh, just squander those years in mind control. I uh, did a lot of research since 81. I have been studying Esoteric things. Uh, I was into Isaac Asimov. I was into Emmanuel Velikovsky. Read all his books. Rain Norbergen, uh, Alexander Hislop, and all of these guys were into etymology, history, the true, you know, uh, the true story. So it took me years till I really awakened. Uh, it was two thousand five. I left the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then two thousand seven. I uh, was put on the right path of awakening my mind, and that started with a book called *The Synagogue of Satan*, speaking about the uh, Rothschilds and their power. And I was intrigued by that, and so I just continued studying, and then. For the four years after that till 2011, because I had put a lot together and watching all the YouTube channels and all the truthers out there, knowing that their perspective is very limited. Everyone was doing great things, but it was all compartmentalised and no one could put it incohesively uh, integra- in an integrated fashion together. And I was already doing that. I already had theology down all my life. Languages, I'd, I was already speaking eight languages by then. Uh, music, professional musician, all my life. All, astronomer. All these things helped me, laid the foundation for me to awaken really quickly. And so those four years were really, really uh, rigorous book reading years. So I was trying to think of ways of getting syncretism and what I had learned and put together out and I didn't want to put videos out with my face on them because at the time I was very, very, uh, very, um, uh, skinny and I was sick. And I didn't look good. I, I'd lost weight just a couple of years. I think it was in 2009. I just lost 10 kilos and I was all sunken in the cheeks and everything and, and uh, I just thought, I can't put my face on there. I'm looking my worst I've ever looked. Uh, but eventually I realized I had to because the truth that I had needed a face. People needed to see the, the person presenting it, I felt. And I wanted that contact. I really did. It's very important for me. And so um, most of all of those videos, if not all of them, uh, are me presenting looking very unhealthy. And my health issues are over now. I could talk about that later if you'd like to know, because I I did many protocols. And eventually I found that uh, I had to get rid of parasites. And so now my health is right on track. And I've also uh, eliminated through healing sessions with the help of others, great healers, uh, entities. And the entities are connected to the parasites. So once those are removed, we can all uh, function to our highest capacity and we can be happy and we can have peace and joy and love and everything goes well when you eliminate the agents Of demonic entities which are parasites so I'll just insert that now um, because I would just like to add that since 2011 then uh, I have not ever stopped publishing syncretism in one format or another whilst I've had the worst years of my life health wise I've had extreme torture jail twice Moved house nine times. Removed nine of my back teeth, which were root canals. All my back teeth are gone. Uh, Look, I could just sit here and tell you all the tragedies. And um, they are astrological too, by the way. I've been under a seven-year curse called the K2 period. For the astrologers out there, you might want to look that up. We all come under the um, dominion of the nine... Planetary bodies of astrology including the north node and the south node and the seven visible planets and they have some 20 years some seven some 18 some 15 years of rule over your life and when certain planets are ruling They can bring disastrous bad luck energy into the life of the individual so I'm happy to say that um, in two months exactly My seven year K2 period will end and a great blessed 20 years of Venus who is in astrology a benefic. In other words, she's a benefactor and she brings love, peace and harmony and wisdom into your life during those 20 years. K2 brings disorder, mayhem, loss of everything and you'd lose your head. And believe you me, all the trouble <laughs> that I've gotten myself into in one form or, or another is because my head has and my thinking, not my heart, my head has caused me to make very, very bad decisions. And I also have a, a strong self sabotaging <clears throat> component in my, in my uh, astrological chart. So There you go. I thought I'd just present it that way to the present time, Matt. Um, I'm now very, very uh, happy with my achievements in syncretism and um, I'm transmuting all the bad behaviour that came with the K2 period and uh, putting my best foot forward as much as I can and as I've always tried to do. So I'm happy to talk syncretism with you today.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I'm glad you're you're feeling better because I was listening to a few of your podcasts. You did a couple with uh, the True Seeker podcast and you uh were on Rex Bear's show and you've you've got a ton of content on your YouTube channel and uh, you know, I know your health wasn't good, so was, I wasn't sure if you were going to do the show and first of all, I'm glad you're feeling better. And, uh, you know, starting to get on the other side of it. You know, there's so many topics that we could dive into. So the first thing that I just wanted to ask you in general, you're coming on the show, you're interviewed a lot. You are definitely a celebrity in the astrology space. So many people have reached out to me and asked that I interview with you and and dive deep. So is there anything that you wanted to start with today as far as your work goes? Because otherwise I'm going to ask you uh, a million questions and you can kind of pick of those what you feel is most important.
1: First thing that comes to my mind is the model I would like to share through which you can know all things. There is one and only model. And this has escaped many great truthers to their own impediment uh, throughout history. There is a simple model. And the Egyptians... Spoke of this in their great axiom, their great motto, All is Atum. And Atum is the model because Atum is the All. And so when I first meditated on this expression years ago, not long ago, I'd say about six or seven years ago, I think the first. Presentations I started to put together about this subject of atom or atom was around 2013, 2014. So that's not long, but I was reading an Alvin Boyd Kuhn book about language, the esoteric nature of language. And he was speaking about the atom and the fact that it means that it's indivisible. Therefore, I pondered on this. And I thought well if atom means unit indivisible the one the monad and by the way monad is an anagram for Adam which is atom so knowing languages very well and knowing that an a in front of a word is called a privative or a privative so when you have a gnostic you have a believer, a knower. An agnostic with an A in front of it privates the word of its original meaning and gives you the opposite. So I realized then that Tom without the A in front of it means twin, Thomas. So in one word, you have the monad and the dyad which is better known as the Demiurge, the Demiurgos, the God of Two. And that turns out to be the God of redshift, shift. Red and blue are the two opposing vortex colours of the atom. Every atom has a red polarity and a blue polarity. And in the middle is the white light. So... Tom, Thomas, meaning twin, twain, means to divide the monad. And so we see this process in nature where unity divides in order to express itself. And so points of energy called atoms, hence our body is an anatomy, and we also have a, Torso, which is an anagram for Taurus, hence the Taurus field which emanates from our aura. Taurus is torso, and anatomy means a body of atoms. And so when you realize that the true model of the universe is the Taurus field, and that is an atom, then you realize that through this call it a field an energy field which expresses itself in the time space continuum we realize that all things are doing this and so at the center of the torus field there is what's called a hyperbola and i have my whiteboard here because in your message to me when you asked me to do a show you said you might like me to do a presentation so i thought well i'll have this whiteboard Nearby and so what you have is A point that is the nucleus the neutron And so two vortex vortices Always proceed From zero point and one is Redshift And the other is blue shift as walter russell has it okay and so they are equal opposite this is electricity proton electron neutron now that's not exactly correct because a proton is something that is going is radiating according to walter russell and an electron is something that is gravitating all right, so let's just tip it up back like this again. And what we have is this is the hyperbola. That's a hyperbolic. Hyperbola in Greek means hyper hyper means excessive and bowl bola. Means it, the root of it is in ballistic, bullet, bellicose. It's a war-like energy because this is, this is force expressing itself, and this is in your torso, Taurus. This is in atoms. This is our cosmology. The flat Earth is also in this. It is the plane. There is a plane of inertia. In the middle of all Taurus fields. And so, what you have is a Taurus field that is a Taurus field. And as Ken Wheeler says, you cannot speak of a Taurus field without speaking of the hyperbola. And then again, you can't speak of those two without speaking of the block wall, the plane of inertia, or the planet of Earth. This is the earthing point of the two vortices here, here they are nullified and reversed. So in your torso, your top chakra is blue where your head is. Here is your head and your throat chakra is blue. The bottom chakra here is red. And that is where the the symbol, the same colour of the menstruation of the woman, you see? Red blood, blue blood. Red shift, blue shift. Red pill, blue pill. Red siren, blue siren. Red hot water, blue cold water. You see? Boy, girl, or girl boy. Red and blue, red and pink. Uh, sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, pink and blue which are the colors that we put with our uh, children but the list goes on and on and on and so what you have here is the monad atom or Adam in the Garden of Eden and you have the dyad the demiurge you can see it as two polarities this way or two polarities this way but this is how The creator produces all effects in the material world through Taurus fields. Hence Krishna, the creator, he's always with his cows and his flute because the flute is the sound, the sonoluminescence from these Taurus cows, holy cows. So these are the holy cows. And why they are holy is because they are holes. That's a hole in counter space. You see, information comes from here, from counter space, not from this realm. Just as uh, people seeing our image on their screens, the information is coming from the ether, hence your Ethernet cable. And that is, it's all magnetism, electromagnetism. And so these points in counter space, incommensurable, point non-specific incommensurability, is how Ken Wheeler calls it, because they have no locus, no topos. You know, they just come from counter space. So I always use the analogy of the computer. With a computer, your files are in counter space. They're just information. And yet they produce an image on your screen. There's nowhere in space where you can see the information on a hard drive where you can see your image in there. Just as a doctor cannot operate, open your body and find emotions and thoughts because they are in another realm. In counter space. They're not spatial. They don't occupy any place in space. Hence, a hard drive full of data is no heavier than a hard drive that is empty. So out of the emptiness, this is where they get the Big Bang Theory. Oh, it all came from nothing. No, it's quite the opposite. Everything comes from everything. Everything is here. All potential is here in counter space. All the information, all the hard drives are there, not occupying any space. Or running along a time line, they are outside of these realms. So what's going on here is there is a pulse, and that pulse radiates, and that radiation generates a vibration, which is electromagnetism. Radiation is different to vibration, and it's The secret of knowing all things is knowing the difference between these two waves. So when you throw a pebble in a pond, you have radial radiating circles called radial radiation waves going along a longitudinal plane along its medium. And as they do, they encounter ohms, impedance, resistance. And that pushing against the medium is creating a wave, which is a vibration, redshift, shift. Redshift, shift comes from the pulse heartbeat. Your heart is here, the green chakra, and it radiates. Hence, your heart is radiating and you check your pulse. So... When you understand the radiation is radial and longitudinal, which generates the vibration, which is transverse and polarised, then you understand how creation actually works. The model of the atom with the neutron and the proton and the electron is correct. But what they are saying to us is that the electron is... Or the electrons are spinning around and making like a cloud well that's the torus field and what they're looking at is not just electrons but electrons and protons a proton is redshift right turning um, rotating magnetic fields blue shift is left turning rotating magnetic fields Red is right Blue is left And that's why you have Republicans are red And Democrats are blue Because they understand the red shift, blue shift red blood blue blood etc uh, Polarity paradox and how it belongs to the world. Yeah, go. Sorry.
0: Oh, no, it's okay. You're, you know, it's so dense and it's even like a challenge for me to follow. And it's important that people um, do their best to follow this because as you were going, I, I Googled just for clarity, Redshift, blue shift. So, I just wanted to share because it's starting to become a lot more clear for me as you continue the more I listen. But I just wanted to share with the audience a blue shift is any decrease in wavelength, increase in energy, with a corresponding increase in frequency of an electromagnetic wave. The opposite effect is referred to as redshift. Invisible visible light, the shifts the color. This shifts the color from the red end of the spectrum to the blue end. So you just were referring to that a lot. So I just wanted to uh, bring that up as you continue. So please continue.
1: Right. So this chakra has 16 petals. The bottom chakra has four because it's about frequency. This is blue light is a short wave. Red light is a long wave so it's a lower capacitance wave higher capacitance it has more capacity to contain more information it's opposite in the material world a large suitcase has a greater capacitance than a small suitcase so what we have here is seven frequencies along your torso torus and they are seven conditions and seven states of consciousness below the heart chakra you have materialism above you have spirituality and this is the dichotomy of living with bodies with animal bodies in the material world we are spiritual having a physical experience so, and this is how we have a physical experience. This is the most important thing to know because all is atom. And all is based on this. Words come from this. Numbers come from this. In fact, when we study words, we, we study etymology. Well, this is nothing but etymology because words come from atoms. sonoluminescence. luminescence. God is light. And God is sound, the word of God. And in scripture it says, and the word was made flesh. That's not referring to one man in history who became, who uh, vacated his um, godship in heaven to become of flesh. No, it's speaking about the word sound making flesh. Flesh is what is material. So sound. Is behind the vibration of the material world. Because the vibration is material energy, electricity. The pulse, that beautiful radiation which radiates from here along the plane of inertia, that is magnetism. Magnetism is spiritual, divine energy. Electricity is inferior, material, temporal energy. Temporal, because everything that is born in time, in matter, will perish in time. It is unstable. Whereas here in the transcendence, counterspace, everything is stable and infinite and eternal. And so this is why when you're listening to the radio in town, it's nice and crisp because they are using the transverse wave to send radio signals. So when you drive out of town, eventually you get to a point where it starts crackling and decaying the quality. That's because the transverse wave has a, a, a very great decay factor to it. Like the waves of the ocean. Out there, they're very big. by the time they get to the shore they're all flattened and leveled out and those are the waves similar to the waves of everything in creation this is why we are encouraged in our scriptures to seek God to seek the divinity to be spiritual because why would we get lost in this world of transverse vibrations Which are decaying. You see? When we're born, we're nice and fresh and enthusiastic about life, and we have so many passions. And then we get dried up, old, toward the end of our years, we get bitter, dried up, closed up in our minds, and we begin to decay rapidly and get sick and all kinds of mental diseases, etc and we give up. And this is a natural process, but it's not meant to be so quick and sudden and brutal. We are supposed to actually enable our own death after thousands of years of living. And and that we still have the elixir of life in our bodies which will enable us to live forever. And I also speak about that elixir of life which is the chrism in your, in your body, which enables you to rejuvenate and live forever. But getting back to this, though, because I want to exhaust this, um, it's very important. This is also the model of the universe. So the Earth is this plane here, inside this massive solar system. The sun is orbiting circular over the Earth around here, as well as the seven planets. They are Snow White and the seven dwarves. (laughs) They are Noah and the seven other members in his ark. Ark. This is the bark of Ra, the bark of Noah, you see, because they are arcing, electrical arcs. So, you see, it's all science in the scripture. And so this would be the heavens, the firmament, what they would probably call the Van Allen belt or the something sphere. But it's the firmament. And the Bible speaks of this. Ancient astrology speaks of this. Ancient philosophers speak of this. All up until the Copernican revolution 500 years ago. Jesuit, PSYOP, uh, intended to deceive mankind of how the cosmology really works. this is the one and only true model of all things so as man is the measure of the universe the Egyptians taught this must be the way the cosmos works because we are the measure of the universe this is the man or the woman the torso and this is the tree of life you see bowl hyperbola bowl is a tree as in spanish arbol in italian arbol with an l uh, um, well it's it's the same but there is arbor yeah well in latin okay so in in latin it's arbor but that bore or bowl this is the tree you see your spinal column with your uh, spinal cord channeling all of that information from this conscious network up into your cerebrum. That is your tree. Hence, that's why you have a lumbar. You have at the bottom of your, above the coccyx, above the sacral, you have five bones called the lumbar. Lumbar. Bar is bowl. It's the same word. And you'll find this, this central core, pillar, or tree, or column. Hence the word obelisk. Bell, ball, bell. You see, it is the um. Uh, it is the phallic. Phallic is another word that comes from this. See, there's the phallic, and there is the womb. The tomb, the atom, at because the tomb is the atom. Alvin Boyd Kuhn descri- describes it as in this way that light, divine light, causal of all effects, as it penetrates through the material world, it gets entombed and reaches a point where it must then return and that entombment is the atom you see we come from a womb we end up in a tomb you see so we come from a soma and we go to a semma in greek as plato uh, described it soma being somatic the body so either way time is related to Tom or Tom Timmy and Tommy. And it's this model of the universe. This is how the time space continu- continuum expresses itself. Here is space. And longitudinally we have time. So <clears throat> there are many, many, uh, other ways of expressing this. And in my presentations, for instance, I show how you can do this, uh, because that's that's just a sine wave, by having the equator line of energy, the zero point, and then having above and below enough room for expression of the energy which we call the sine wave so if you look at a map of the earth you will see that it has a an equator a tropic of cancer in the northern hemisphere and a tropic of Capricorn in the southern hemisphere and what you have is the ecliptic of the Sun which starts at the equinox March the 21st every year and it goes travels for three months that's the springtime, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, because Master 21st, the equinox, is where Aries begins and the spring. So the sun then three months later from Easter comes to June the 21st, Cancer, and that's where Cancer begins. At this tropic, the tropic of Cancer. And then summer begins. And the sun begins to fall until it hits the equinox in September 23rd. And then the fall begins, the fall of the sun. You see? And then the winter on the 21st of December, St. Thomas Day. Coincidental? No, because you see that letter T and that day there, the solstice, In Capricorn, St. Tom's Day, because you see Tom is on the top of every church. When you go to a church, you are going to learn the science of the atom. Hence the symbol of the atom is here, the sine wave, the swastika, the cross, the yin and yang. See, the yin and yang is in the sine wave. So here you have the fall, and here you have the winter. Now, this is the way to model the Taurus field, because this is the the yearly wave that the sun is producing in its 365 and a quarter revolutions above the earth as it goes up to the Tropic of Cancer, down to the Tropic of Capricorn up, down, up, down. So here you have Capricorn and you have the goat climbing up the mountain. The sun is the goat, the sacrificial goat, sacrificing its energy to feed humans. Then Cancer, the crab, cranky as it is, doesn't like to walk straight. It likes to walk sideways. And hence the sun begins to wane and go back down to the goat. From the goat to the crab, the scarab. And the scarab of Egypt was always the dung beetle, was always climbing up the hill, waxing, and then rolling the ball down, waning. And hence uh, the crab, the scarab, Is always doing this so what is expressed here is wavelength time and wave amplitude space and so when you understand that the year is the same as the day then you begin to make things interesting then you realize that 6 a.m., the morning begins here. The morning is the same as the spring. It's moist. It's wet. There is dew on the grass. This is the same in spring. It's the golden age silver, bronze, iron. Midday begins the hot part of the day. So here you have wet. Here you have hot. Of course the summer is here and we are right here now in the sign of Leo it's July 31st in Australia and the dog days are upon you you guys and it's very hot in America I hear from all my friends around around the place so the Sun is here right now in the first degrees of Leo and it is the summer the silver age hot here We have the fall, the autumn, because the sun goes down to the tomb of winter. Infernal, invernal, the winter. And this now is dry. Wet, dry, hot, cold. The four universal elements. In astrology, you must know these four humours. Two are positive, patience. Uh, Sorry. Um, One is um, two are active, agents. Two are passive, patience. Hot and cold, they are active agents in creation. Wet and dry, they are passive so what we have then the remaining part of the day is the night time so here we have the morning here we have the afternoon and it's always hottest between two and four in the afternoon you see this is a 24 hour clock 12 midday one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock six so you have six over here you have six over here and the sun sets here and the sun has to descend down into the evening, eve, even. The evening begins here, where everything is even. Sunsets, goes down, falling in the fall, but in the evening it comes to midnight. And here begins the cold. Coldest part of the day is always here between four and six four five six and so the winter represents the cold of the night so now you understand how the day is mimicking the night uh, sorry how, how the, the day cycle is mimicking the yearly cycle so we have for instance in summer there is more light and during the day there is more light than the night time so the winter is the night time and it's cold the summer is the daytime in the yearly cycle and so the day and night is only a miniature fractal cycle of the year when you understand this now you understand how all waves happen here is the The plane of inertia is the equator where everything is zeroed out here on the 21st of march the sun is equaling the day that's what equinox means equal night and so this is the point of beginning of light's journey as it goes to wave amplitude and then gets thrown back in the other direction equal and opposite to go through the equator again and express itself on the other side. And this is happening happening simultaneously like a two-way pump, as Walter Russell puts it. And so all waves begin at zero point. They all start with fire, Aries, plasma. And then as they go through the signs, they encounter four elements, fire, air, earth, and water, which are nothing other than Plasma gas liquid solid which another nothing other than frequencies of energy So for instance now in the summertime people are energized with passions The heart Leo is the heart It's hot. It's summer people are outdoors recreation picnics pleasure enjoyments matters of the heart having Time spending with children in the semester, in the, in the uh, holidays. Uh, children, pleasure, all things to do with the fifth sign and the fifth house in astrology. Then when September comes, Virgo, the sun is passing through an, an earth sign. See, Leo now is fire. So we have the passions of fire now in the summer. But then Virgo brings a different energy it's the harvest season summer is drying up it's cooling see the dry of autumn will dry up the summer and this is where the bread and the wine are made yearly two symbols of Christianity Christ is the Sun with his 12 disciples going around the circuit of Galilee this is the circuit of Galilee check your Strong's Concordance so you see the sun will be now emanating a different frequency from the Taurus field. It will be emanating a solid frequency. Virgo is earth. So people will be contemplating in the last days of summer. You know, they'll be collecting their harvest, their bread. They will be analysing the year, their... um, their life and contemplating things, and being organised and getting ready, Virgo themes, for the cold winter and the season of no food. So here they have to, you know, cull the flock, so to speak, or <clears throat> you know keep the the good stock, um, you know, safe through the winter, and also. The harvest of the summer they are now going to put all their fruit in jars preserve them uh, make all kinds of preserves and store their nuts in in the in the cupboard etc so we see how all cycles work as the Sun goes along the ecliptic it generates it transmits Information because the sun is a hole in the sky. It's a holy, hallowed hole, wormhole in the sky, and it is transmitting life giving information and consciousness. So as it goes through Aries, it inspires us with motivation to climb, keep climbing. It's springtime, you'll get there. Go up to Jerusalem. Have a pilgrimage and reach the Tropic of Cancer where Jerusalem is. Um, And then Taurus. Taurus brings an earthy energy where people are um, ready to cultivate their ground, pull the bull out and plough and and uh, plant seeds for the summer and watch them grow. And so they have an, an earthy energy in the middle of spring and they have the Maypole at, on, on um, May Day, 1st of May, in the middle of Taurus, and they celebrate that the, the pole of the Maypole, that is the, um, that is the phallic, that is the sun returning through Taurus to impregnate the earth with seed. And Taurus, uh, the bull, and the Maypole, Hence why the maypole is always greasy and slippery, because the sperm must be generated at this point if you want to harvest in Virgo. And see, Gemini is another energy. It's another frequency. It's an intellectual frequency. And so at the end of spring, people are sending messages, um, travelling, communicating, writing books, all themes dealing with Gemini. It's a different energy, and so you've got twelve separate seasons and distinct throughout the year. These are the Sun. S U N S O N, with his twelve apostles, the twelve posts. These are the apostles. <laughs> you see, so. This is the way to model energy in its expression, in a twelveness. The Taurus field is a twelveness. It's not a twoness. We limit ourselves by seeing energy as positive and negative. It's not. They are two polarities of 12 expressions going through every wave in the history of time and space. Every one of them. They all have 12 different conditions along their cycles. And they repeat over and over again. Our gospels recount this science. All our gospels, all of our legends, the hero always has 12. Jason and his 12 Argonauts. uh, Jacob and his 12 tribes. uh, Ishmael and his 12 tribes. The list goes on and on and on because what they are teaching you in a theological way is how religion is science. They are two sides, two faces of the same coin. You cannot separate them, you can only join them. And so, <clears throat> all of our nursery rhymes, fairy tales, etc., they all are teaching this. Our tragedies, our operas, our plays, our theatres, they all start in Aries and they all finish in Pisces. And forever we are telling the same story. There's only one store, Taurus field story because history is exactly d- based in Taurus fields, atoms. And this is why we have so many words ending in tor. Actor, uh, demonstrator, creator, and we have so many words ending in bull, able, capable, reliable, responsible, because the hyperbola, the bull, the bull's eye, in the center of the storm, storm is also tor, as in story because these create storms, they're expressing themselves, they're rotating magnetic fields, these are storms, these are turbulences, these are, hey, there you go, turbulence, Taurus bull, terrible, Taurus bull, temple, Taurus bull, the list goes on and on and on. In every language there are tor, Taurus And bull words. The red Taurus, the blue bull. So, look, I mean, that's um, just um, a condensed version of what I do in my presentations. Uh, But everything is based on this. And this is the only model for which we can know all things. Because every other model comes from this. Kabbalah comes from this. Uh, Buddhism comes from this. Hinduism, astrology, alchemy, philosophies, languages, numerology, gematria. This is the model of all of those. So sorry to hit you with all that powerful uh,
0: downwork. Oh my goodness. Well, I was, I was paying attention and I've seen some of your videos before and it does require listening and it does require research. And as you're speaking, there are so many similarities and things that I wanted to kind of share and and bridge some gaps for some of the listeners. You know, one of the, the people's work that I was reminded of was Eric Rankin, who made a great documentary series on uh, sonic geometry. He was on the podcast and basically talking about everything being vibration and and music and sound. And you're also a musician as well. Um, Just understanding, you know, the fields of magnetism and electricity. Also, you talk a lot about polarities and when you're talking about moving up the spine and you know when I started researching spirituality and um, you know Gnostic texts and esoteric texts it just talked about moving the energy up into my pineal gland and then I can access spirit and all of those kinds of things and so as you are moving through there and you know I've done, uh, you know, went through the Resonant Science Foundation and some of their stuff on the Taurus field and things like that. So I'm familiar with a lot of those points that you were you're touching on, and it's extremely fascinating stuff. And and you know, as also I went through uh, Graham Hancock's book as well, Fingerprints of the Gods, and he was talking about all these myths and a lot of the experts that I talked to in private that are absolutely brilliant, like Robert Grant, who's a mathematician and has made all these great discoveries. When he talks about the ancient religions, the ancient texts, he's also telling me that it's a formula. And apparently, you know, the work of Walter Russell and um, Ken Wheeler, the people that you're uh, referring to, a lot of these um, physicists and these teachers and these mathematicians were actually uh, esoteric researchers as well. And what I have heard and what I have learned is that a lot of, well, all of these myths, just like you're saying, are referring to something more scientific, more mathematical, and it's ancient knowledge being passed down. And when we see it in a different way, um, we understand it in a different way. And I've had a couple, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of Jeffrey Darty's videos, and I've had a couple conversations with them. And he's a former, you know, evangelist, 100,000 Bible hours. And he's like, when you learn to see it from its true nature, what it actually is and the information, it becomes very very clear and it's not uh mysterious and so why would all of these histories and why would all these fairy tales and all of these texts be the exact same why would why would they have the same numbers the same uh you know story and that's what graham hancock in this book really illustrates so very well is all these similarities as you're doing now so um I invite you to kind of share anything that you wish if you want to wrap that up in another way. But the, the questions that I have that I wanted to go into that is, number one, how do we how do we use that? Because I don't know how to use it. And two, I want to blast a lot of stuff at you. And because even there, you talked about the Ark of the Covenant. And, you know, when I was in Egypt with the Resident Science Foundation, people were giving me such different answers than I'd heard before and such in-depth research. And then I did my own research. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a very fascinating thing. But seeing the arc as, uh, you know, electrical arc is, is such a different concept and idea that it really makes you think. Uh, and there's so many other things that I could go on to. I was thinking about the Tower of Babel and separating language and what languages and not a lot of people may be familiar with how you're, you know, saying these words and these origins. But if you look at the Latin origin and you study word, um, it is very important and where that comes from, where those root words come from. And in my research as well, you know, I've heard that language has been used against this and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm rambling here and uh, want to just throw it all back at you and kind of ask like, in a nutshell, you know, what do you think is going on in the earth? Like how is the earth, how is this entire thing operating? Uh, what do you think as a human being, how do we express ourselves fully? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a bunch of stuff your way, but you pick the one that you're most inspired to uh, speak about. Uh, for you, in your experience in doing all of this research, how do you? What would you recommend to find personal freedom and uh, experience and spirit and God? Because when you were the Jehovah's Witness, you were very devout, as you said. You were out there and you were doing it to the maximum degree because you wanted to be uh, spiritual. You wanted to connect to God. You you very you felt very strongly that you wanted this connection and this truth. So, um, and then the last kind of thing I'll throw in this bucket here is what do you think happens when we die? What's the whole point of us existing here in this space and time? So that was a lot. Um, but I know you can kind of go into any tangent. So I wanted to give you all that so you could choose what you find most inspired to talk about.
1: Okay. So where do we go when we die? The body dies. It's just a vehicle. So when you, uh, open, uh, reboot your computer in the, in the morning, um, your the information that you call up onto your screen is in counter space, it was sleeping, but now you have revived it. And what you are now doing is you're, you're going to improve on those files, you're going to add to them, you're going to make them better. Then at night, you turn your computer off, go back to sleep, it's still there. The, file, the information is still there, it's protected in counter space. It's all um, organized in such a way that as soon as you reboot your computer within minutes it'll be right there faithful true and uncompromised not corrupted so that information is protected at night when its computer is sleeping this is how we are we live forever in that file in counter space and When we decide to incarnate, we do so for the purpose of improving that file. Not depreciating, not degenerating, but generating to purify uh, what is there. It is already perfect. We are God there. Here we are God with difference, individualised units of God. So back there, We are God, unchangeable. But God expressing itself is experiencing polarities um, for the sake of experiencing. That's all it is. It's not loneliness. It's not boredom. It's a natural process. It goes on forever. The computer's not bored when when you reboot it. It's excited. Everything fires up, lights everywhere. And the fire comes through the ram, just like that. You call it, it comes forth. And this is how our lives are. Where we go is in a very, very safe place, an eternal abiding place. And there we want to bring back glory. We don't want to be glorified here and have a name, fame, riches, power, distinction in this world. This is vanity and temporal. This world will, will be gone one day. But we, our files, are always there in counter space. So we return. The spirit, it says in Ecclesiastes, returns to God, the maker of it. The soul that is sinning, it itself will die. You see, when we go on the sinister sin path, the left brain, and we deny divinity the right brain and our creativity and our source we are sinning and that soul that is sinning it will die meaning if you incarnate you will be sinning along the way can't escape it your body will die because a soul is in reference to the body Uh, it is in reference to because The soul is the body for the spirit. The body is the body for the soul. You see, so it steps down. The soul is in the middle. The soul is your seven chakras. Your spirit is in your heart and in your crown chakra. That's your spirit. The spirit is one. The soul is seven. The body is 12. Hence, you have 12 cranial nerves, 12 petals in the crown chakra 12 systems in the body, etc. The body, the physical, is a 12ness. And the seven represents the soul, which emanates forth and uh, animates the, the bodies. It's the soul, the breath. Breath means soul. <laughs> Inspire, expire. And these are the two halves of electrical redshift blue shift. See redshift blue shift compression. Redshift radiation, right turning energy. And so how do we uh, express ourselves was another part of your question. Well, we do so, by understanding the 12ness of nature if you've missed this you've missed everything because then you will understand why people are the way they are whether they belong to the sign of aries or taurus or gemini and you'll be able to see traits physical features emotions intellectual nature you'll understand why people think the way they think a geminian thinks quite differently to a, a, an arian etc cetera, etc cetera. and their emotional nature is different as well so when you know where their moon is they've got a moon in cancer or taurus where their sun is when you know these elements you will know what's coming to you you will see the energy and you won't miss all of this glory you won't go around. You see some people, they go for a walk in the forest. Well, oh, I love walking in the forest. They don't see anything. They just walk. They miss all the birds and the flowers. They miss everything. And all they got out of that two hours of walking was physical exertion, exercise. They didn't add everything else. Pleasure. Uh, Learning about the animals, looking around, breathing, meditating. Uh, There's so much more to add. And you see people doing this daily, daily. They're missing all of the glorious transcendental stuff that is going on. And when you transcendentalize in your life, life has meaning. You are no longer bored, depressed, angry you now have something to live for. So I encourage everybody to learn this science. It's the true science. It's not religious per se, as you would know religion. It's, it's science. It's knowing you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, free from what ignorance. And you can't be ignorant when you know this, you cannot, you open the door to all fields of knowledge. All the philosophies are based on that. Electricity, magnetism, the wave, the transverse wave, the longitudinal wave, they are all taught in that model. And you mentioned the word tower. Uh, I don't remember in what context, but look at the word tower. It's nothing other than Tor, Jupiter who is also called Thor to the uh, Teutonic people and the uh, Nordics, Thor, Thor. See, Jupiter, it's the Taurus field. Hence, Jupiter is always associated with cows, the bull of Europa. When he raped Europa, he uh, pretended to be a bull. Why is Jupiter f- playing with these animals? Why is the Bible always talking about the holy cow, the bull of Aaron, you know, the sacrificial bulls, the sacrificial lamb. It's is Aries and Taurus. Aries is here, the cerebrum. Taurus is the cerebellum. Gemini, the twins, are the twin hands. And it goes starting from Aries all the way down the body. The two feet are the two fish of Pisces. You see? The two hips, they are the two hippos. Of Sagittarius. Hippo means horse. So when you move your legs, you're moving with your Sagittarian hips a la hippo. You see? Leo is the lion at the heart, hence the lion heart. Why are these coincidences in our language? Because everything comes from this. All is atom, all is atomology. And the sooner we penetrate this knowledge and share it and practice it in our lives, the sooner we will have bliss, bliss. We will bring, we will usher in paradise. Paradise is just around the corner. It's here. It's just, we have to enter that state. We have to expel our demons and go into the love state, unconditional loving and forgiving.
0: Hmm. Well, you know, you touched on a lot of things there again, and I really liked your example of uh, how you use like the life after death and what it reminded me of, and you spoke about this a little bit earlier, um, how we are supposed to live longer than a hundred and everything that I've looked at and reviewed um, and Santos is going to be back in a second, but he can hear me. Um, Everything that I've looked at and viewed around spirituality and the great masters has said that our lifespan is being very limited. And you're actually, you know, in the Bible, I'm pretty sure it says people are living to 300 years and and maybe more stories of people living. I've heard from, you know, 700 years, 900 years is more of our natural life. And that's an interesting concept because if the first hundred years of our life, we had the same physical capacity and we were where I am at right now at 30 and then 200 you're at like 40 or whatever you would be you would acquire so much knowledge and all of that stuff or any kind of conditioning that you would have had that was false you would have, you would disregard that over time over living long enough to just see the cycles in itself you would live long enough to observe these cycles that you're talking about and so one of the main concepts moving beyond materialism into more compassion, more cooperation, more of that oneness mindset. in, in the autobiography of a Yogi um, Yogananda, you know, knows when he's going to die and tells people he's going to die. And then kind of, you know, that's, that's when it happens. And this, this is higher state and this understanding um, that is different than what we're taught. If, if he was indeed able to do that, which it's a very fascinating book, I, I kind of tend to believe him, but, my question, you you talked a little bit about, and I guess I'll get you to elaborate. Is what do you think is happening here? Do you people will talk about the Great Awakening? You know, when you get into the esoteric stuff, I have heard everything under the sun, and I'm really ha- not sure. I've heard, you know, when we die, you know, this species has a net, and we're getting reincarnated over and over and over again, and we can't get out, and all these things are happening, and now we're getting out. I don't know if you buy into any of that stuff. I'm not really sure. Um, but my question to you is what do you think is happening here? Do you think that we are moving towards in a more awakened, enlightened society where we could see peace and cooperation and bliss and full access um of our capabilities free from disease, which another thing that when I research this stuff, it seems that the teachings are suggesting that disease is unnatural that we fully have the capability to live 100% in health and in vibrance, but there's some impediments to that, and this is the reason why our lifespans are shorter and we're getting messed with from different forces. So I just kind of wanted to throw that your way and and get your two cents on it.
1: Yeah, so I guess what what is happening is a chosen few is being – selected by their own deeds and their own doing and they are called the holy ones the saints One hundred forty-four thousand, a symbolic number of those that will fill that space of consciousness that must be filled in order to ascend and ascension means not only to ascend inside in your consciousness to raise your consciousness it also has to do with ascending out of here ascending the planes of flesh and blood where we need sense gratification uh, survival etc ascend means to escape this these cycles of necessity they're necessary because they uh, improve our souls and so I'm not at all uh, Knowing completely what is coming. But we can go on the cycles, the patterns of before. For instance, in the scriptures, Jesus speaks of in the days of Noah, men were eating and drinking, buying and selling, building houses until the flood came and swept them all away. So this is speaking of how cycles end. Uh, after there is decay in the cycle where people degenerate and become ungodly, uh, they are destroyed, so to speak, by fire or water, hence the flood of Noah, hence St. Peter saying the next one will be a destruction of fire and the whole world will be consumed by fire. Well, this is a conscious fire, so it's possible that By the grace of the heavens, everyone is saved and awakened by fire, by a destruction of fire. When you go through the fire and have a baptism of fire, you become a mystic. M-Y-S-T is fire. M-I-S-T is water. So they don't want people to be mystical. Fire, inspired by fire, hence the tongues of fire of the apostles at Pentecost. They were conscious. They had raised their consciousness. So, that destruction of fire could mean destruction of this evil system. Uh, The world that has been constructed to trap us, to keep us here, to be slaves, uh, to be ignorant, etc. It's Possible that all of this will be eliminated in mm-hmm. one fell swoop. But it's also possible that some will be taken, the rapture, hence, they will be removed from this 3D world and placed in the world where they deserve to live. And they will be able to sit back and watch this world continue in one timeline down the path of destruction. Or it may be totally wiped out and another. Uh, race, a civilization of some kind will be reborn on this plane because this is a, a theatre and many actors have come through this theatre so whether we graduate or not it's up to us it's entirely up to us we can't blame circumstances for not advancing we can't blame Poor health, bad luck, etc. We must advance despite the torments that come upon us in this life. Some people have no money, some people have no home, some people are depressed, on medications, struggling, emotionally torn from relationship problems, in despair. And so, how to alleviate this? Is with true knowledge once people have true knowledge they won't be floundering in you know seeing through a glass darkly they will see clearly through the glass if they remove the soot and the um, impurities in the water in their clear vision clairvoyance so to be clairvoyant is the secret Clairvoyance means to have your third eye opened like Pinocchio. Pinocchio means pineal ocular, pineal occhio. And he became a real boy. He was a puppet
0: Hmm. and he
1: became a real boy. So how do we become Christ conscious and real? Well, we open up our Pinocchio, Pinocchio and we become clairvoyant. We're not looking through a glass darkly. We have our own vision. We are empowered. When you see clearly, you have power. You have power to change the world. You have power to change your life. You have power to experience all the experience you wish to. And we need to have personal empowerment. And we do this by following our Lord and model who is Jesus Christ he's not a real literal man historical (laughs) like Santa Claus isn't but is there's a teaching there is a philosophy there's an archetype there's a model to follow see Jesus gave us two models the king and the priest the sovereign and the spiritualist when he walked on waters And he got out of the sleeping ship where all his apostles were sleeping. In the citizenship of Rome, he got out and walked on top of the maritime waters. He didn't sink like St. Peter. He didn't fall back or go back to the security of the citizenship and fall asleep. And he kept walking. So he taught us how to be sovereign. You don't do commerce with Rome and come out unscathed. You have to walk on God's waters, walk on the maritime waters in God's air above the water. See, when he asked, when he was asked, are you the king of the Jews? He he replied with a question because he is asking as king. He's not the one answering, swearing. So he taught us how to be a sovereign. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and what is God unto God. That's a sovereign. And then he taught us how to be a priest. He taught us how to raise the son of man. He said, you want to be born again to Nicodemus? He said, as Moses did in the wilderness, he raised the copper serpent. You must lift up the son of man. Well, that means to lift up the manna inside of you the cerebrospinal fluids, and make them vibrate higher and higher and higher and become christened and have a halo and be magical and have power. Power to create good things. You will not be granted that power if you are not good. You will never find this power. The evil ones have a different power. But we have the true power, which is true magic. And we need to restore that power. And we do, we do so by good deeds and good knowing, direct knowing, knowing the truth that will set you free.
0: Man, you, you touched on a lot of stuff there, and I definitely want you to continue. And the Pinocchio example was such a good one for me because, you know, he, he's not a real boy. And what it made me think about was that when we're born into whatever culture we're born into, family, dynamic, uh, space, time, location, any other factor that could influence us in our lens. So much of that is external as we are navigating in this world. And we're taking on the lenses and beliefs and the ideas of, of wherever we're around. And so we're not seeing clearly and rather than maybe being authentic to ourselves, where this might be right and wrong. And a a very real example could be if you grow up in a certain part of the world where your family and where you are, you're a very uh, racist and and everybody around you is like that and you know in your guts that what you're doing is incorrect but you do it anyway and it's not authentic to who you are and but you you're unable to kind of break that pattern that's being bestowed upon you right away you're not being your true self you're not being able to see clearly whether it's you know you want to say um, you're able to have a a clear intuition but I think that we all have this knowing and just the ability to be more authentic as we go about our days with ourselves and how we treat ourselves with how we treat others with with our jobs with the actions we take with uh, what we do over time I believe those those good deeds and that power and that clarity will become more and more clear over time because you kind of it starts with if you're going to let go of all the things that you were taught that don't resonate with you or, or feel dishonest in some way, it's going to take a little bit of you know walking through the shadow of, of uncertainty, of, of finding that real and authentic grip and, and understanding to become a real person, an authentic person Uh, exactly who you are and so as you shared that example that's kind of how I I saw it and what I wanted to ask you is you know you're a little bit older now and you've you've gone through a lot you've you've been the person who was you know the quote-unquote evangelist and really like wanting to connect with God and into the scriptures and studying them and were you know pious to a degree and then you know Opening and seeing a whole new world and then studying that and, and having so many life experiences that were were challenging and humbling in so many different ways, and so I was curious what advice would you either give to your younger self or the younger generation living the, you know living now because it does seem to be a journey, and we we do our best, and it seems like a lot of people go through a lot and so would you give yourself any kind of uh, principles to, to follow or advice because this life and just experiencing it and all the amazing people that I talk to and the stories that I hear, uh, we face amazing challenges within ourselves. And I'm just curious if you have any kind of guiding principles that you would have either bestowed upon yourself to miss some roadblocks or is it just an experience that we go through and do our best and we, we get our learning when we pass and we go to the, to the hard drive and look at you know, all the things that we did that were great and the things that we could have uh, improved upon.
1: Yeah, I would say, pay attention. I would say to my younger self, pay attention, which I did anyway. I didn't think I was, but I must have. Because when it came to the time to be awakened, I had all the fields of information ready, studied, T's crossed, eyes dotted, and they just all fell into place. So I would have given myself that uh, admonition but uh, to pay attention to young people, to the seriousness of life—not to take themselves seriously, but life—and how—and how to pay attention to self-improvement, self, real self-advancement, not in the material world, but in your own private, lonely. Um, but important and significant life. And probably one of the greatest things I would say is to learn to have self-love and know your worth in this world. See, because the model of Jesus liberates us by making us a king and a priest. If you're a king, you're not subject to human rules positive law you are under god's natural laws and if you are a priest you're not subject to being seduced like pinocchio pinocchio had to learn you know uh, everyone was pulling him to the left and to the right don't go to school pinocchio come to the circus uh etc etc same with the men of ulysses they were tempted by their own lust And desires and so they just they got distracted you see so only if you have self-worth and self-love will you be able to truly prevail and conquer the world because when you start realizing that you have power to overcome addictions poor health Bad situations in life, and you start exercising that power, and you can have power over your sexual desires as well, so that you practice only godly, sacred sex and not left hand path, uh, depraved, lustful sex, even that can empower you. Because when you're in control of your vessel in all areas of your life, then you realise your true power, power to do good. And that power will come in relation to how worthy you are. Most people are looking for power. But, but evil people look for power to abuse and use badly. We, we are looking for power to generate good in the world. We want that power and we need to exercise it. Find it first and exercise it. And that comes from self-love so that would be the, the best two pieces of advice i would say to myself love yourself and pay attention because there are many deceivers and there are many illusions and distractions in this world you know young people seek experiences so they go to clubs and all sorts of places where they can meet new people well Meeting new people is nice, but it can be bad as well because when you are in the breathing space of another individual in their auric field, you are absorbing all of their information into your energy field, and it's hard to get that off. And if they're bad people, as Plato said, when you go next to a conscious, perfected being, their consciousness enters you and you improve when you go next to a thief and a criminal your consciousness is downgraded birds of a feather flock together and so it's very important to guard your friendships and your experiences because experiences can hurt you know many times people have bad experiences when they're supposed to be having good experiences for instance How many people have a holiday to Hawaii and get sick and end up in hospital or have a car accident and have broken bones when they're in their holiday? It happens frequently. Or when um, people have a plan to build some, uh, some houses or something and nothing goes right for them. Or they go out to the club and pick someone up and take them home and have a one night stand. And she gets pregnant, he gets herpes. And in the morning, he takes a closer look at her face and goes, oh, I must've been really drunk to bring her home. And vice versa, women have done this. And not only have you now given her your DNA and an unwanted baby, which she's gonna abort probably because she's a loose woman, but now you've got this sexual disease and all because we feel that we need experiences. Some people say, oh, I want to do parachute, you know, uh, blood sports, I want to um, hang glide. Well, I've heard of many, many stories where beautiful people plan some of these experiences and die and hurt themselves, mountain climbing, bushwalking, because not to stop us from having experiences, but to have them the right way, not for the sake of just loose pleasure and chasing after the wind and, and a thrill addiction that you have. It has to be grounded in things. It has to be grounded in your morals, your ethics, your standards. It has to be controlled as well. You can't just engage in pleasure and activities in a wanton manner without you know, um, the element of control. He who can control his passions and his nature is the one who ascends and becomes a master and very powerful.
0: Wow. Well, that's a... That's a great set of advice. What it makes me think about is uh, the, what is it? The eight noble dru- truths of Buddhism, right livelihood, right action, right speech. Um, and I think that you're right. I think a lot of people will seek those experiences, especially younger. I certainly did. And I still do. Um, I hope that I, I, I know that I pursued some in the right way and, and some in the wrong way for sure. Um, but you know, we, a lot of people want to escape in different ways and young men can do it in adrenaline. They can do it through stupidity quite often. And, um, if we can be a little bit more cognizant of what we're doing it and why we're doing it, I think the intention of why we're doing it is, is extremely important. Um, but I wanted to thank you so much for everything that you shared today. You're you're, I invite people to check out your YouTube channel. It's, is it Mr. Astro Theology? Yeah, on YouTube, there is a mega library of stuff there that you can dive down Um, some incredible videos on on different esoteric agnostic topics. Check it out. You cover everything from the Kabbalah, the Bible to literally anything you could think of. You probably have a video on it. Um, But what I want to ask you is, is there anything that you wish that I had asked or that you want to talk about or you want to leave the listeners with and feel free to share um, as much as you wish?
1: Oh uh, not really. Um, I think I covered uh, most, most things. Um, probably I'd like to share how um, I'm now uh, going to be touring with syncretism. Um, in three weeks, I'll be going to Bali for a month. I'll be doing a presentation there um, with some friends who are set organizing a presentation there. I will do one next month on the 17th in Melbourne. And it's the first presentation I will have done since 2013, which was in Lucca, Italy, Tuscany. And because I lost my passports and computer, they were stolen, uh, I kind of had a lot of bad experiences on that tour. And I decided to not travel, but now I'm going to be traveling. After Bali, I'll go to Kentucky, and um, I'll be centred there on the East Coast, so presentations are being organised as we speak. So I'm just putting that out there because some good people out there might have some um, suggestions and ideas and might want to uh, hear some syncretism. I'm making myself available for that. I have the health now. I have the inspiration and the energy and enthusiasm. And then after America, I'll be going to Europe. So I'm putting that out to the European people as well so that um, maybe some good things can happen there for syncretism as well. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help teach Uh, and from waking hours to Sleeping, I only do syncretism. I only do this. Uh, if I'm doing anything else, whatever it is, I'm not fulfilled. Even if it's having a a, co- a coffee with my best friend, um, I have to be doing syncretism to be happy, and to walk in it, and to benefit from it, and to share it, and to improve it, etc. So, I'm just. Uh, want to say to people to stay close to my channel, Mr. Astro Theology. Everything will be posted there and on Facebook so you can keep up with the latest information of syncretism. From now on, uh, anything from June forward this year will be the next level of syncretism that, I, uh, that I'm taking syncretism to, especially in my presentations, my whiteboard presentations coming up in Melbourne. That will be called um, How to Know uh, how to have knowledge in all fields so that's about it
0: amazing well first of all i'm glad that you are back to health i know that you were pretty rough there for a bit but i'm super fascinated about what you're going to come up with next um, i can't remember how you referred to it but going to the cycle of more health more inspiration more vibrance um what was the cycle you called it when you're seven years of uh trial and tribulation that's what i'm referring to
1: yeah well that would be k2 k-e-t-u K- yeah. which is the south node the tail of the dragon and because it's the tail it has no head rahu is the head the north node it's the head of the dragon so rahu k2 the two nodes intersecting nodes of the, the moon with the sun's ecliptic and Rahu is going upwards for 14 days above the ecliptic of the sun. K2 is descending down. Hence, you, you take a fall in your life. You lose your higher standing. You lose your head. Rahu's got the head. And so you act in a way that is totally foreign to your nature. And it's sabotage from within and sabotage from without. And I've witnessed it for the last seven years. It's been torture and it hasn't been a very pleasant life for me to live in. The only thing that really gave me joy was my loving relationships and my syncretism.
0: Hmm. Well, man, yeah, I'm I'm super glad you're out of that it sounds really awful. And uh, I'm excited to see you more excited, more inspired. And I appreciate your time and your work and your effort. And I invite everybody to check out your YouTube channel. Like I said, it is an absolute rabbit hole. Unfortunately, I've only been able to go through, you know, bits and pieces of videos and interviews from good friends. But um, it's it's a plethora of fascinating information and really deep esoteric research so i invite people to check that out but thank you so much for your time and i look forward to uh, what you're going to produce next
1: thank you matt pleasure see you next time
0: sounds good thanks everybody for watching peace there it is guys the absolutely incredible and mind-blowing santos bonacci I hope that you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please share it, leave a review on iTunes, support on Patreon. All of those things are incredibly helpful. If you want to learn more about his work, he has a YouTube channel, Mr. Athro, Mr. Astro Theology. On YouTube, it's a very mind blowing channel, uh, very deep topics, and uh, it'll give give you a long and deep rabbit hole if you're curious about all that stuff. For those of you guys who want to support, uh, some people have been reaching out offering to help. Hit me up at Matt Belair either on Facebook or on Instagram. I would love and I would appreciate any and all support I had the birth of my beautiful daughter six weeks ago and I'm learning to balance the podcast with these projects with wanting to be involved and and see all the little things that happen when you have a newborn so I am learning to reorganize and reprioritize and the projects are getting bigger and uh, more more coming my way and I want to keep bringing you these incredible guests, these incredible podcasts because a lot of amazing guests have been reaching out. There's going to be some amazing episodes and could certainly use some help if you're interested in supporting. So just find me on Facebook. You can email me at Matt at zenathlete.com. Uh, just sharing little small things help immensely just to get the word out. And uh, there are, are really cool projects that you can get involved in in a little way or a big way, whatever you wish if you if you want to volunteer. So if you're open to that, would really love the support, just reach out and let me know. I want to thank today's sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Ned Full Spectrum Hemp. Uh, check them out at helloned.com. Use the checkout code CBDpower. Get 15% off your first purchase. You can check out our episode 272 and you can learn more about the benefits in that episode and also on their website. They're doing it the right way. They're doing business the right way. So proud to be sponsored by them for these episodes and uh, grateful for um, yeah having them support the show. So I think that wraps it up. I appreciate you listening. Um, let's wrap it up with coming to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, happiness, inspiration, connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.